And I think this is the part we play is to Patoa and my navigation team. Yeah. You know, they're there to connect our people with the opportunity, be able to tell them that their cultural skills or their cultural knowledge and experience actually in a business world translates. Yes. So it's that transferable skills, being able to break it down and go, no, you absolutely belong in these roles. Yeah. The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Hey folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host Paul Spain and great to have two fantastic guests on the show today. Uh, first up, Vanessa Sorensen from Microsoft. How are you, Vanessa? I'm amazing. Kia ora. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you here. Maybe you could just give a little bit of a, an introduction of where you fit into this big wide world of tech. <laughs> well, I'm extremely fortunate to be leading Microsoft New Zealand and I also am the Chief Partner Officer across Australia and New Zealand, which means I get to work with our incredible partners uh, here and abroad, which is pretty exciting. And um, yeah, in terms of how did I get into tech, literally fell into it. So um even I pinch myself every day and uh, just can't believe how incredible of a career that this is and the things I get to do every single day. So, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Great. Well, looking looking forward to hearing more from you. And Barata, tell us a little bit about where you fit into this wide world of uh, tech. You're uh, Director of Programs at uh, Taputaua. Yeah, kia ora, kia ora, Paul. Um, ko marua te reo tōku ingoa. Um, so I'm Maruata. Yes, I'm the director of programs at Tupatoa, but I hail from um, Ngāti Whātua um, down the road, but also out in the Kaipara and then in the far north. Um, yeah, so how, how are we part of this conversation? Obviously, we're partnered with Microsoft to deliver, you know, a few different offerings for Māori and Pacific, but tech is of interest to me um, and how I can even in my own personal journey, upskill in that area um, to be have the skills to then operate um, at a higher level, not only at work at the moment, but you never know where I could end up. <laughs> and maybe a bit of an introduction for folks that aren't too familiar with Tapatoa. Yeah, Microsoft seems to have this presence 100%. where people, you know, people know who they are. Yeah, absolutely. So Tapatoa, we've been around for eight years now. We're a um, social enterprise. And our vision is to grow more Māori and Pacific leaders for a greater Aotearoa. And so we do that by partnering with different organisations. We have 200 plus partners across Aotearoa um, who are interested and wanting to connect with Māori and Pacific talent and uh, who are also wanting to develop different, I guess, pathways to access Māori and Pacific or to upskill or to connect with our communities. So we are one part of the ecosystem that do that. And, yeah, we've been around for eight years now. So if you haven't partnered with Tupatua, I suggest you do. Yeah. <laughs> Good <laughs> advice. That's great. That's great. Well, looking forward to sort of delving into mm. a little bit about what that partnership involves yeah. and, and I guess sort of, you know, broader discussions around, you know, where we are within the tech sector mm. from a, a diversity perspective and also some of the skills gaps yeah. uh, that we've got. So I'm definitely keen to delve into that. Before we get started, a big thank you to our show partners, to 1NZ, uh, 2 Degrees, Spark, HP and Guerrilla Technology for their support. Uh, and let's delve in on the news front a little bit of what's sort of been happening around the traps uh, from a New Zealand perspective as well as some of the international news. 
we see that uh, the the government are investing in uh, digital literacy uh, training, a program there for uh, for seniors, mm-hmm. which I think is um, that's it was quite pleasing actually to hear that announcement. And you know we know that there's been uh, the likes of SeniorNet around for a long yep. time who who do a you know an amazing. Um, job. In fact, yeah, I remember my 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 mother uh, used to used to you know teach courses for them uh, <laughs> back in the day. Um, but yeah, seeing seeing this program and uh, you know funds being allocated mm. at, at that end, I think is is important because mm, we need yep. these skills right across the board, don't oh, we? Yeah. And you know, it, it's when we look at our our digital natives, yep. um, you know, it's it's pretty easy. Mm. But mm. we've got a lot of people that sort of, you know, fall fall outside of that core, don't we? 100%. And I, you think about it, you're not going to be able to do anything in the next few years without being digitally enabled. And I, I see my own mother struggling mm. with that and, you know, needing a new cell phone. And she's like, get me the most simple one possible. And, and I think there is definitely a generation lost there in mm. terms of, you know, just how do we bring everybody along? Mm. And including actually through COVID, I saw some incredible programs about returnity as well, like reskilling people, which is again this this partnership with Tupatoa, is anyone can actually change careers. Mm. And you know, and half the time I think you sit there and just go, I'm not educated enough, I don't have the tool set, and would anyone actually have the confidence in me? And I think it's it's you know, it's programs, including what the government are doing around seniors, because we're gonna need all the talent that we can get our hands on, quite frankly. And and Aotearoa can't let anybody be left behind. I truly think for us to be a digital country that goes from the spectrum of young school kids all the way up to seniors. So I was really pleased to see that. Yeah, and we, we also have um, issues around cyber security, don't we, with those who are maybe not so familiar with the technology, oh, yeah. not you know so aware of the risks. And, and, you know, as a nation, I think we're often very... Um, I don't want to use the word gullible, but we Naive. can. We, we like to trust people, right? Because Kiwis are gener- generally very trustworthy, and so that's created some issues. And so the, I think the education piece here can can help from that perspective too. One hundred percent. Yeah, and I've got to I've got to agree because my mum has just been hacked recently as Aww. well. You know, yeah. but the, the thing is, I think because we're equipped with the tools and the skill sets to react, so she's calling us, going, "Okay, mm. what do I do?" And so we, mm. you know, quickly activate and how do we disable the apps and things. Yeah. like that mm-hmm. um it's huge or even just her mokos mm. or her grandchildren showing nana how to operate whether it be the smart tv to access yep. you know the different types of channels and the streamings that are available yeah i think there's a huge opportunity mm. for people like my mom mm. um but also um i look to the new generation that is yeah. coming oh my goodness they know how to utilize technology i would say better than i do sometimes yeah. and i'm kind of scary but also very exciting it is and yeah. i think it's i think back to the cyber piece you know they're getting smarter and smarter and i think oh, yeah. you know as tech it's a bit like we unlock our card or potentially could be stolen and that's exactly what we're seeing in tech and mm. i think a lot of times we just don't realize that we've actually we're open and vulnerable and mm. they're, they're you know i see it all the time and actually i recently had a situation where i bought something online and mm. and i'm in the industry and it's really, it was so incredible, the detail of the site. And it wasn't even actually that the products were that cheap. So it's, you know, all of this, how do we be safer? Like, how do we don't give our credit cards over unless it's an absolute secure site? And and I think this is why the partnership with Tupatoa is going to be so important, because it's also just educating and creating a lot more awareness for others to talk yeah. about 
mm-hmm. what they're seeing and and man it's just it's mind-blowing how complex mm-hmm. it's getting yeah or even the different devices like you don't even realize that your smart tv or if you have a smart fridge or whatever it is anything that's connected, connected. Mm. that you're vulnerable it's yeah. potentially a risk point yeah. isn't it yeah and yeah. so um yeah i find that fascinating yeah. but i'm also excited about the education piece so mm. yes I think the more people we get learning um, about, you know, just being secure or cybersecurity, the more our communities are going to hear about it, you know. And I think that's the big thing about um, Māori and Pacific communities, using the grapevine, you know, word of mouth to get the message out there is the best way. So, um, you know, if we we do a good job um, working together, educating our people, they'll start talking and start trusting and, you know, have more of an awareness so yeah I'm, mm. I'm really excited about that too yeah I think it is really really important that we encourage the the discussions that mm. we you know encourage those that you know have got the expertise and something to share that yeah. it, that it does happen yeah and obviously a lot of that will not be in a formal program That's right correct. and so we've got to actually even just be encouraging that that sort of approach mm. and that sort of mindset of let's look after yep. our whanau let's definitely you know let let's talk to them about these things before it becomes before it becomes an issue yeah um of course when when real world issues do come that's the best learning but of course there's mm. been some pain in there so a lot of pain um now the whole world of Data centres and New Zealand has been uh, has been a, sort of really a fast moving um, space over the over the last few years. Um, Vanessa, we were chatting <laughs> before we 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 started around a conversation that uh, that you had with um, you know former MD at Microsoft New Zealand Barry yep. Shears. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a, a little a little bit about you know where things have have come from and and even that you know that discussion. Yeah, it was, gosh, I've been nearly six years at Microsoft and some days it feels like, you know, 30 and other days it feels like a year. And when I before I joined, I remember saying to Barry, I had three goals and uh, one of them was certainly to bring data centres to Aotearoa. And, and I, you know, he said, OK, if anyone could do it, I'm sure you could. And it was certainly in partnership with him. And it was such a dream because, you know, the great thing about New Zealand is we're so far away from the rest of the world. The bad thing about New Zealand is we're so far away from the rest of the world. And so truly, if you were to look at where would you get the best investment bang for buck, would it be here? Not typically. And we were so fortunate to have Sati Nadella come to Aotearoa about three years ago. And he went to Ngāti Whātua, sorry, uh, St. Joseph's in Oraki, connected to Ngāti mm. Whātua Oraki. And the kids there were all showing him how they were learning te reo Māori through Minecraft, through Namotu, And he was just blown away that we could leverage this incredible gaming tool, mm. convince Microsoft to open up the back end and put, you know, partner with Picky Studios, uh, with Fetu to actually make this happen. And he just said, man, if that's the sort of nation that this is, we need to be investing here. Now, of course, there's business cases and many things to go through and in fact, it was the week that I was announced uh, as the GM taking over from Barry that we announced the data centres were coming. And it was one of the most nerve-wracking things of my life. And we were in lockdown mm. and I was in my kitchen and I was practising the speech. And I'll never forget my daughter coming down going, Mum, that was terrible. So that's what I remember <laughs> about that day, like, you know, your daughter giving you instant feedback. But it was, it was just such a momentous time because I truly believe that we can digitalise this country. Mm. And, you know, the fact that we announce and then so many others have, I think it's just incredible for the country. 
and including just two weeks ago that we've even purchased even more land. You know, I think uh, for Microsoft New Zealand, we've been here 34 years and Australia 40 years. We're here for the long term. And I truly, this for me is, yeah, one of the most incredible opportunities for upskilling, creating jobs, creating new business startups. You can build something here and take it to the rest of the world connected to our networks. And definitely the most secure and with partnering with skills and creating these jobs is, is what I'm so passionate about. Mm. Now, this most recent announcement that, we, that we've had of, you know, expanding the footprint with new land. New land. Like, what does that mean? Because there's already, what, two data centres being built. Three. Uh, uh, three, okay. And when are they due to open? But what can you tell us about the extra land and where, that's, where that yeah. fits in? So look, the great news is uh, we have secured so many, secured so many amazing anchor tenants. We already can see exactly what they need to do. You know, you imagine digitalising a bank and putting your banking assets into the public cloud in country is the way it's going to work. And so, you know, we've made some incredible announcements um, with many anchor tenants that are we're all in with you, and that certainly has helped. And we can just see this future. Like, you know, we can finally visualise and imagine our taxation system on cloud. And that couldn't have happened without bringing them here. So um, it's just amazing. We will be launching next year. We will definitely be going live. We will very soon be able to tell you a date. The thing with Microsoft, once you say a date, you cannot move. And, um, you know, I, I invited everyone to a party that was years away, not weeks away. So, um, <laughs> But the fact that everyone's still so immensely excited by it. So I am just so lucky that with these anchor tenants, I truly can see how they're going to transform their businesses. And it's it's not cost. It's the, it's the smarts within those data centres that are coming to this country. It's not an outpost. It's not – it is a true region, a three data centre region. And – you know, the photos have been leaked so people can see them. And honestly, when you go there, it is mind-blowing the size and scale of this. But what it means is that we are a country to bank on and back. And um, that's that's how we got another massive investment in this country, which the government approved. Yeah, no, it's, it's exciting. And recently, um, the government have signed memorandums of understanding also yep. with yourselves, with, um, with Amazon. Yep. What, what does that actually mean? I mean, it's like all governments need to sign, you know, contracts that are, you know, contractually keeping all agencies um, safe and secure. It is uh, it is about buying power for our governments, making sure that everything is competitive. Uh, but for certain agencies, they've already stated that they'll be anchor tenants. So, you know, there's this world where there's going to be a primary and a secondary I think what I love about our tools is you have the flexibility. To quote Satya, we know when customers aren't happy, they simply turn us off. You know, this whole <laughs> consumption world now, that's yeah. that's where it is. Yeah. And yeah. so for us, I think these these contracts are truly the governing bodies of how will we do things, um, the security aspects, the what will be in country. And again, I think it's just phenomenal seeing our government Actually, we're very forward-thinking many years ago of moving to hosted data centres. So this is now the next evolution of what that's going to look like. Yeah, yep. You're not going to give us a date right now, are you? <laughs> I am not. I'm sorry. <laughs> next podcast. Okay. So, but you know, once once you've turned things on here, yep. for those that are that are hosting in, in other regions, their things like their Microsoft 365 yep. and so on, how quickly will those uh, you know then be able to be moved? 
local? It really does depend on the architecture that you structured mm. and including what versions you're on. But anything pretty much we're building with customers now, that is very easy. But I truly believe it's about the new things that people are going to be putting in the cloud. If you've already felt felt safe in other regions, but it's not saying that you can't do that. Mm. Our primary base is on the net new opportunities for, you know, the most incredible businesses that have got a global footprint. Mm. And, you know, that's for me is, is the smarts and interconnection piece globally uh, that they're more looking forward to. So look, some will. But that isn't that wasn't the preface of of the business case. Yeah. Now on a on another note, uh, we've been hearing about drones forever, and some <laughs> of us had a good play around with some drones and and so on. Uh, yeah, there's always a, a story about drone deliveries, and you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's being tested, and you know, I think Queensland was the last one that mm-hmm. we uh, that we talked about. Um, but we've just heard in the last uh, few days that um, Skydrop have one. Uh, permission to run a delivery hub. Yep. The headline in Bloomberg was south of Auckland, mm. which I think it's Huntley. Mm. Um, so uh, I guess they were trying to trying to use a um, a city that might have been uh, known a bit more broadly uh, than uh, or a, a, yeah than Huntley. Um, but yeah, I think even seeing a, a small uh, you know trial like this mm. that have the permission to operate. Locally, I think you know it's great that mm. we're opening up New Zealand. We're yeah. saying yes to some of these, you know, these sorts of things. We don't, we don't always uh, get it right. We heard about, um, you know, Whisk who were yep. were, were testing uh, in the South Island, and they've, uh, I think, shut up shop in New Zealand and and opened up in in Australia. So we don't always get it right, but this one looks, uh, you know, looks encouraging, mm. and it, it will be. Fascinating to see. Are we eventually going to cross that mm. line from mm. these little experiments and, and tests to where this technology actually works on a on mm. a widespread mm. um, basis? I hope so. Have you been on the Southern Motorway recently? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I do think of, I do, I sometimes sit in that traffic and just think there's a better way. But I totally get it too. And, and you know, even our, our chat recently about OpenAI and ChatGPT, I think, these are years in the making and then all of a sudden it feels like it just arrived and I truly believe that that will happen. I'm more impressed what I'm seeing with drone technology globally, especially in countries like India, far-reaching, needing to get supplies to people mm. that are in really disperse lands. And so I think you'll see the uptake more and more. But, of course, again, that word guardrails, you don't want anything interfering into aeroplanes and you know, once the airspace is getting more uh, busy, it's going to be interesting. But I do think, you know, for our hospitals and, you know, imagine mm. if you, you're waiting for a transplant and you just can't get from A to B. I, I just, I, I do see a world where this is going to definitely take a take a place. But early advantage, you know, early people sometimes don't make the return that they thought they would and, you know, and then sort of miss or... And sometimes I think in New Zealand we we do tend to put a lot more red tape around, which can make it really hard for some of those entrepreneurs and startups. But I do get it. We have to put the guardrails around. Yeah, it's probably a bit of a balancing act, isn't it, to get yeah. these things yeah. right. I think that's exciting. I, I definitely think in the medical world, yep. I mean, if I think yeah. if it was one of my family members that needed access to something urgently, yeah. oh. that's the solution. Yeah. And I love that we get to try things out here in yeah. Aotearoa and I think that's the special thing about Aotearoa yeah. we can try different things yeah. um, and be the the place to test and discover new ways of working yeah. so 
yeah, no, I, th- I think it's really exciting. Yeah, will um, we see the pizza boxes flying <laughs> around for delivery? I, I figure Uber Eats gets there fast enough. So <laughs> I think it's got to be something that truly is going to be game-changing, mm. and then I think people will embrace it. Yeah, um, yeah I get there's something with the, the scale of those sorts of deliveries, and I would think the, you know, potentially the amount of, traffic that could mm-hmm. you know could be taken off the roads but there's a, a lot of dots to join up and things to get well look what right. we've just been through with the cyclones and roads mm. out and mm. you know that that we're a skinny island with <laughs> one or two <laughs> roads you know it's like we're gonna have to think more innovately because mm. you know, I hope we're not going to foresee more of that but sadly weather patterns and things have changed and yeah. you know let's look at the poor people in Napier with without coverage and access and mm. You know, so I, I, there's definitely yeah. a place. Um, now, looking internationally, social media seems to always uh, be getting a t- attention uh, lately. Uh, bans and and all sorts. Uh, Arkansas uh, banning minors from social media without uh, parental consent. I thought wow. was was you know rather um, you know r- rather an interesting one for you know for one U.S. state to you know to take a. A bit of a stand and and take their own uh, sort of approach to to social media, um, and then um, Montana politicians banning TikTok over security mm. concerns uh, with China. There, um, yeah, the, these these things are are quite complicated. And you know, reading through some of the the background, you know, banning social social media. Um, without parental consent. I mean, that's quite complicated for the company's concern mm-hmm. to make it happen. And, of course, there's always workarounds to yeah. sort of bypass it. <laughs> yeah. You know, Montana um, banning banning TikTok. Well, you know, there's there's potentially a whole range of issues that that, mm. that brings as well because people have actually already got it on their devices. And then, yeah. you know, if you ban, you know, do you ban updates for those or, that already have it? And then they're becoming more insecure if they're not able to actually get the mm. the latest app. So it's actually, it's quite challenging, isn't it? Getting things right so that that technology you know, continues to have a more positive mm. you know effect, yeah. and that we address some of the negative things. But yeah. there's usually no easy you know no super easy mm. answers. Mm. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. What's it like in your household with your kids? Oh man, it's the phone has to be put down because it's such a distraction. Yeah. Um, and so setting parameters as to yeah. when and um, how we use it. Um, we, I have thought about turning off the Wi-Fi. Um, you know, so like yeah. you know maybe nine o'clock at night, yep. turn it off so that there isn't a. What we call it the third arm, like yeah, you know, it's it controlling. Is. I mean, it's the connection to the outside world. Yes, there's positive stuff on there, but like you talked about, like I I can't watch what my son is looking at twenty four seven. You can put, you know, those guardrails up, but mm. they're very smart. They know how mm. to get around them. Yeah. Um. And you know, there are there are sites that are sneaking in through the back doors sometimes, even into, you know, into what our little young ones are watching. So mm. yeah, it's 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 scary. Um, I'm not a huge, huge fan of social media. I don't have a huge social media um, presence. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm aware of what's yeah. going on and yeah. try to limit it by having um, yeah, drop the phone there when you walk through the door after school and you can get it back after your chores. That's good. That's a good <laughs> system right there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. about good parenting. Yeah. I mm. think you have to, I think, have some of the rules. And, and you ban anything, people find ways to get around oh, it. Yeah. I think it then, you know... 
it's the world's moving on and are moving on at a pace. And, you know, I remember sitting down with my daughter and saying, you know, you're not allowed Facebook. She goes, yeah, that's for old people. You know, I was like, oh, I didn't even know what social media things were really and truly out there. So, you know, even educating ourselves mm. as parents and, you know, having some of those policies. I think for me, I'm more concerned about they're always on. Like they'd rather lose their arm than their phone. Yeah. And I think when we were at school, you at least left school and you could have a reprieve. And so I think today if kids are getting bullied or things are going mm. on, it's constantly happening during the night. So I think the one thing for us is you can't you can't plug your phone in your room during the night mm. because at least then if anything's happening, and I think there's that, you know, are your kids talking to you about those things? So I do hats off to schools. They truly are talking about cyber and, yeah, and yeah. you know, what these social networks but, you know, we looked at magazines and we were younger. I think these things have mm. always been around. It just yeah. now feels more prevalent because everything's always on. Yeah, yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the tools I've come across recently uh, is called Next DNS. Yeah. So getting into the techie side, mm. um, but I'm sure there will be a few listeners who yeah. probably haven't heard of it but are interested in these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And um, what it allows you to do is is set some, you know, some – Rules right. and, and mechanisms within how your network um, operates. So um, that's good. You know, if you decide, hey, mm. we're we're avoiding TikTok at these yep. hours, or actually we don't want TikTok in our household. Mm. You can do those sorts of things. Um, you know, if if I wake up in the night and you start scrolling social media or something, that's that's not helpful. No, um, you know, it makes it harder to get back to sleep. sleep. So it's uh, you know, so we we have you know certain mm. things in the house that are just actually turned off. Yep. you know, um, late night and mm. um, and then you know it's not just first thing in the morning yep. mm. onto the phone and 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 so on. But you know, you've got to find what obviously what works in, yeah. in your own family and. I think you say, Vanessa, the parenting, the parenting piece uh, yep. is, is, you know, such an important part of it. Mm. And but that, you know, highlights a, a, another area because, you know, every parent will have a different, you know, knowledge on, yep. as you say, what what social networks, what are the things that are that are that are in use. Uh, you know, are there are there mechanisms that are, you know, as um, as simple as you know, put your phone aside when you come mm. in the in the door um, after school, or do you yep. need more technical things? Mm. And so that you know those, those things will uh, will vary. But I think there you know there is a there is always you know some some good options that can yeah. be well. Um, funny, you know, you're going to see place. the rise of. Um, I go to a retreat once every couple of years, and it's a digital detox. You're not allowed your phone there, mm. and it truly is also that ability to say to work, you can't contact me. So it's not just the kids. I think mm. we're always on right. Mm. This is. Mm. As you say, like you know, if you wake up, you do not touch your phone, and it's it's this kind of it's ingrained in all of us now. Mm. So, yeah, I go there and you know do my meditation. I come back feeling like just so much lighter. And so it's interesting how we also need to get off this thing. And mm. yep. um, yeah, I mean, my kids still say, you know, you're the worst parents because you know we can't have our phones at the table yeah. and we you know all of that. And I'm like, this is how it's going to be. You've got to yeah. be social. Yeah, and every child is saying that to their parents yes. about whatever it is and, is. I, and and I think there's always like oh none of the other kids have, oh, have that and it's yeah. like well too bad um, you know it's like I think most families are going to have yeah, something yeah. in place it might just it's just going to vary in each case isn't right. it? absolutely yeah yeah definitely yeah. at the dinner table yeah. yeah yeah but it's incredible how many kids don't yeah and don't interact and yeah and they and I think what they see you know on social media it's one picture 
right? And there's this fear of missing out. Oh, but my friends are going off to do this. I said, oh, well, you're not doing that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it is met with a hiss and a roar. It is. But um, yeah. on reflection, as a young, when I was younger and my mum had set parameters for me, I look back and I go, oh, man, oh. that was the best thing. Thank yeah. you, mum. Yeah, thank you, mum. You know, and I think that will be the reflection piece that um, my agree. boys have when they're older as well. So I agree. Yeah. It's, it's it's tough, but it's it's worth it, right? hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on to I guess the you know, the the partnership yeah. announcement between um mm. you know the two the two, your two organizations. So um what what can you share? Yeah. So I guess Microsoft have been a partner with us for a for a while now and we've been doing mm. some amazing mahi together. Um, you know, Microsoft have taken interns in the past. Mm. Um, and uh, we have also delivered Hiko Hiko Te Uira. So that was around digital um, essential skills, giving, um, connecting our communities with these skills so that, um, you know, they were feeling empowered or educated on just, you know, the, the simple or the essentials that we needed to, whether it was coming out of university or if you were at home and you were looking for something, if you're a mum and you've just had a baby, you could be doing some upskilling. Mm. So mm. I, I think that's been a really cool yep. opportunity. Um, we've had hundreds already complete and we've got hundreds signed up um, to complete them um, over the next couple of months as well. So that's really cool. Um, we've been able to even connect in our interns um, to, you know, do a bit of that as well. So it's they get to opt in, um, which I think has been yeah. really exciting. And then, obviously, the cybersecurity mahi that we've been doing also with Te Pukinga, creating a micro-credential, um, attaching a 12-week internship with it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's really exciting. It's it, it's the start of, of greatness, really, and yeah. educating and connecting, upskilling. Um, yeah, I think. And what I love about the Tupatoa team, really, it's putting around the mentorship and the the career sort of assistance, you mm. know, and you know, we could already see that, you know, we've got the tools and the mm. the programs, but we need a great partner to help scale and get it into the, the hands of the people that most need it. And mm. I think that's what was most exciting about this project. And, you know, if I could, I would take hundreds of interns. <laughs> um, the team know it. You know, I was so yeah. fortunate to have Venus who came in, was my intern for a year, and she just went on to do greater things and now going into her own iwi to, to really make a difference. And and that's where Tupatoa started from. We're like, you know what? Mm. You can be this amazing skilling engine. And what we want to start tracking now is who's moved into roles. Yeah. Because sadly, the percentages of Māori and Pacifica into tech are still not anywhere near the, where they need to be. Same yeah. with women in tech, to be honest. But this in itself is something we absolutely have to change. I think a lot of people are talking about it. What I love about this partnership is we activate it. We come up with ideas. Mm. You know, it's a, it, And again, I, I love it that Tupatoa are partnering with everybody in tech because mm. the more mm. our people mm. are skilled, the more they'll feel confident to mm. go for that role mm. because that's half of it. I, I'll speak to Māori and Pacifica and they say, oh, I just don't have yeah. the skill set and I'm – I'm not technical. I'm like, have you got an iPhone? Yep. Yeah. You're a digital native. Go for the job. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. it's just yeah. Yeah. not seeing yourself in that oh, role. 100%. And I think that's that, that's one of the points that I wanted to bring today is that we're not seeing a lot of ourselves in those roles or even in the way that 
roles are, are phrased. Mm. We're like, oh, man, that looks like such a huge word. I don't understand that. But actually breaking it down, and I think this is the part we play, is to Patoa and my navigation team. Yeah. You know, they're there to connect our people with the opportunity be able to tell them that their cultural skills or their cultural knowledge and experience actually in a business world translate. Yes. So it's that transferable skills, being able to break it down and go, no, you absolutely belong in these roles. Yeah. Um, you, you may not think that you have the technical skills, but, you know, are you want, do you operate a computer? Do you have a phone? Are you playing PlayStation? Yeah. All of these skills are transferable into the workplace. And so that particular line in the job description, that's what that means. And, you know, so that is our connection piece, but also being able to provide that support when they're navigating the space where there may not be a lot of people that look like them in these organisations and being and being that sounding board and that support system for them while they're in there. So, um, yeah, a, a big shout-out to my team, mm. navigation team at Tupatoa. Um, you know, they, they're really about our people and supporting not only the the um, the tawira or the akunga, but also the organisations as yep. well, because they're on a journey. For a lot of them, this may be their first interaction with a Māori or Pacific person. So giving them small snapshots or mm. insights into a Māori or a Pacific person's world through our cultural competency um, trainings um, has really helps to helps that partnership mm. and that journey together. You know, it, it is a journey, not a destination. I think that's the same with tech. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's been really awesome. So, mm. Mara, how how do you um, how do you kind of, you know, get that, that message out to those who, you know, might not be thinking that, that tech is their thing um, when, you know, actually they'd, they'd be more than more than capable of, of operating in the in in the tech world. Yeah. So when we um, when we have I guess Toei to reply, we are having conversations, and that is our key I guess point of difference. Is every person that applies to Tuputua will get a phone call, and we really delve deep into who they are, what they're interested in. Um, we also try to ignite or spark um, you know that kind of thought process by offering he call as an. Op- opportunity or a or a step in the door once they've experienced that they sometimes come back and go I want to do more where else can I go yeah and so you know we might go oh go to cybersecurity or go go to this tech giant and we can do this together you know so there are there are many different ways and I think also through the grapevine um, by having conversations at the dinner table or you know at our sports grounds or even for some people at their marae or at their church churches as well so um yeah I think kind of like how our um, our people operators. If you do good mm. by one, then they're all gonna come. Mm. You know, so um, if you're if you're and if you're a tech giant or a tech organization or just an organization in general, if you have Māori or Pacific people working with you, nurture them. You know, and really um, build out our career mm. plan with them. Yeah. Um, because sometimes we don't see role models at the top there, but that could be them. So work with them, work yeah. alongside them, grow them to be, um, you know, operating management, di- director level, and even, you know, play, plan for that C-suite to have that representation and that diversity yeah. at the top there. Yeah. And I would just add um, a couple of other programs that we do, 10K Wahini, which is to get 10,000 women uh, mm. inspired by tech and we're doing that in many forms and also DigiGirls which we roll out to schools and we go to schools but also sharing my own story you know I'm not 
educated, no university degree, uh, never in a million years could have imagined this would be me. And so I think that's, we've got to get these stories mm. out and we've got to, everybody's welcome. And I think every young person feels they don't fit, to be honest. Mm. But still for tech, no matter what your background. Not just young people. Not just young people, yeah. <laughs> no, I still, I'm still going, what, they've employed me? <laughs> but I think it's, it's, there's so many incredible opportunities. It's for mm. sales and marketing and technical and developers. And I think, you know, I want all of you to around that barbecue to say, you know what, if you want a career change, you absolutely can. And part of that confidence is going and doing one of these courses. Mm. And then you feel like, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. And I'm telling you, our partners out there want everybody. Mm. There is absolutely a skill shortage. I mean, we need 100,000 more people in the next couple of years with just the work and data centres, with all of us launching. So I think, you know, now's the time. And I constantly say to young kids, you're going to have to work 40 hours a week no matter what. You might as well go where the money is yeah, and where the career development is and get mentorship and get mm. people to help you. But I still think there's a stigma that it's for the geeks and the developers yeah. and the coders. And it absolutely isn't. I'm proof of that. I can't even spell tech sometimes. But, you know, I mean, yeah. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's for all of us. And, and I'll do that, you know, when I'm, when I'm, um, you know, speaking and and you know trying to encourage people around yep. a futurist mindset, yes. is look this this is this is for all of us, it and is. it's easy to look across and think, oh, that's yeah. for the geeks, and yeah. you know, and so on, right? It's like you know, tech, uh, futurist thinking, innovation. Mm. This is something that we can that we yep. can all tap into, and if we get it right, you know, yeah. the lift that we bring, you know, to the issues yeah. that New Zealand has um, had as a nation. Huge. You know, these things start to yeah. start to drop off. So, you know, we we've got to jump in boots yeah, and yeah. all. It's definitely a conversation um, with my friends. Um, you know, I, they go, "Oh, here goes Maruata. She's going into work mode." But I'm, what are you doing? Where do you want to be in <laughs> ten years? You know, five to ten years. Have you thought about a future in tech? Yep. And they're like, "Oh no!" And I'm <laughs> like, "Hey, but it's possible. You know, that we have all these options that you can do." And they're like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Do you know?" Sometimes, you know, starting off, it's pretty good money. So, yeah. you know, and for a lot of our people, it's a big jump. It is. It is. And so that's really yeah. exciting, you know, and it's changing what the food is on our table. Totally. Or, or you know, better health outcomes for our totally. people. Um, yeah, so uh, I do it quite often, even <laughs> like, you know, even if it's been a friend that I haven't seen in a while, I'll be like, hey, what are you doing? Okay, have you thought about that's tech? Good. That's good. Um, because I think it's so important. Um, I'm really interested in it personally as well. Um, I, I'm not a tech guru or I don't have an, you know, a tech background, but I like to explore the different yeah. options. And even um, with this partnership with Microsoft and the cybersecurity, I did say to my boss, is it full time? Could I potentially take that? She's like, no, it's not for you, Muddy. Not right now. Not right now. <laughs> not right now. But, you know, I think definitely um, in the future, mm. you know. Um, and, and that's about me not taking up space for somebody else mm. because I, I'm i in a good position right now. So, um, yeah, I was like, mm, maybe we can mm. make it work. Mm. But a huge opportunity for us in yeah. tech. Yeah. And Vanessa, what are you hearing around the, the skills sort of challenges that we have, the shortages, mm. cybersecurity and and other areas. Yeah, I, I mean, that's why we're putting our money where our mouth is with these mm. partnerships because it is absolutely going to happen. You know, you can't launch data centres in country and not think that the green button's going to turn on. And, 
It's so exciting, but it's nerve-wracking too if New Zealand doesn't grab that opportunity. And I think, you know, whenever I hear the word diversity, I always, you know, I always wheel that out as the diverse mm. hire because I was a woman. And, and it's truly not. Like I, I, I firsthand got taught through the competency training with Tupatar about truly what diverse thinking really creates. And I've seen it in the bottom line. I really have. And so I'm just such an advocate of that. And so I think really our role now, I just want to see the stats change in the mm. next four to five years. Mm. We've also sadly got more than a million of our kids that do not have access to the internet or a computer. And so that to me, it's like water and power. That's just got to be a given. Because if the digital divide gets wider, not only is it do I not see myself in that job, I don't even have access. So mm. how can I even participate? Mm. You know, and we saw it again with COVID, with kids not being able to, get educated because in some of those regions they just weren't mm. connected so you know my war cry is we've got to get access to every single child and there's some great work going on by our telcos you know spark jump with the foundation i know one are doing something in two degrees there's an amazing organization called rad that do recycler device so they they get these devices and get them in the hands of the kids that need it and again with our skilling program we can truly provide you know these these pathways and our partner community as i say they're screaming for people that mm. you know everyone says oh there's you know some roles have gone over here but there's others cooking up here and cyber is the one for the next few years that mm. I would invest in heavily um, as well as you know as I say we still need sales we still need marketing we still need you know all sorts of roles but definitely security is where I'm seeing over the next couple of years that will be the biggest gap. And I mean, it often comes up in discussions around. Well, we've got AI coming. <laughs> Surely that's going to, you know, make a lot of the the uh, cybersecurity roles uh, evaporate. In fact, Microsoft have, you know, announced, you know, Copilot from that security perspective. Yep. Uh, you know, as as well as across a, a range of other areas. What's your What's your viewpoint on on how that you know how that plays out? You know, how how much does that free us up? Um, to you know, to what sort of level over the next few years? Really showing my age right now because wasn't that the first thing everyone said when the internet was launched? What's going to happen to all the jobs? Well, guess what? It created more. What it's doing, it's getting rid of the mundane work that people don't necessarily get fulfilment or want to do. You know, if I look at some of this open AI, it's going to create the information to people that most need it. I mean, I think of the poor people and placemakers that someone comes in and goes, where's a red hammer? God, I don't know. You now can quickly ask this thing and boom, that's where it is. I mean, we've got to think about how we're going to equip people with a lot of what they've been craving. You know, even when cloud was first launched, what's everyone going to do that was the server operator? Get reskilled and become a cloud operator. Mm. We've been in the cloud since phones you know like honestly it's it's about upskilling and I think that's what it's about it's grab these opportunities you know step into that next harder area and that role that you kind of know anyway and it's boring this stuff will help you with that and so I truly think it's it's an add-on it's not a my job will be gone now does that mean every single job will look the same in five years absolutely not I think my son and daughter might work somewhere it hasn't even been invented yet mm. that's so you know to me, right now is the cusp. You know, we had the internet, we had the mobile phone, and now we have open AI. And I truly see it as a massive game changer for business, for people to upskill and take that next opportunity because the jobs are there. 
You don't think we're moving to three or four day working weeks anytime soon? I'd love soon, to, then. Paul. <laughs> you know, and I remember Microsoft rolled that out in Japan. And actually, the reason I heard was that they were working so many hours because culturally, no one would leave until the most senior person left. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, hey, we have Fridays as full training days, learning days. Don't book a meeting in. Like, truly use it to develop yourself. Mm. And, you know, I will never invite someone to a meeting. Um, and so you've actually you, – you're in control of the X amount of hours in your day. So you've got to make it work for you. And I think, you know, everyone says, oh, if only we had more time. No, actually, we need more energy because it's about this constant learning and putting ourselves into situations and taking the opportunities when we face them. Yeah. Anything else you would like to I was just taking like that all in. I was <laughs> thinking, yeah, you go, Vanessa. That's absolutely right. I was just listening and taking it all out. I would love a four-day week. Yeah. But Same. hey, look, that I think um, people would say, but you're very young. Why do you need a four-day week? No, but I think, you know, we get we walk home with our phones, right? And we talked about this earlier. Um, we're, we're checking – we shouldn't be, but we're checking our emails at yeah. – Nine ten o'clock sometimes, yeah. and so we're still accessible. So we don't actually switch off. Yeah, um, I think about back in the days when you know my mum didn't know where I was. Yeah. <laughs> you know because there was no cell phone. So it was kind of we we've had these conversations as um, friend groups or even at work. Like, man, you used to walk out of work and be able to just shut off. Yeah. You know, and that email would sit in that computer that was stuck to that wall, yes. and then you wouldn't find out the response until the next day. Yeah, whereas now it's instant. You know, and it's like, oh, I don't know if it's a good thing or like we talked about earlier, having those guardrails to be like, actually, no work is done. When I walk, walk through that door, I'm present. Um, but sometimes there's just urgent matters that come up. I love the Friday upskilling and training yep. and no booking meetings. No booking meetings. I love that. Um, and just and, do it. Yeah. And then lead from the top. And then people go, you know what? This is really cool. And it's showing as a leader that you are taking this seriously. Yeah. Because if you don't put yourself time for that sort of thing, that's when you do get left behind. I truly believe that. Whether it's like we were talking about the mm -hmm. podcast when you're mm -hmm. walking or, mm -hmm. you know, I think for me that those Fridays are so precious. And, you know, I also, I've, I've kicked off speed dating where I just open up my diary and say, you can come and just teams me and let's have a chat. And that human interconnection, even though it might not be face to face, mm. but I'm here for you or here to listen. Um, that in itself is really creating not only a better culture, but, you know, listening to the field, there's always, always going to be more emails. Yeah. And I just, you know what, if it's really urgent, you'll pick up the phone yeah. or you'll text me. And you just kind of, once you let go of that, it's really freeing. It's quite bizarre. And otherwise you will never stop. And for mental health and everything going on nowadays, mm. this integrated world with work and home, we saw it with COVID. I had to because I wasn't actually being that kind to myself. I wasn't. And it wasn't until my husband just said, man, something's got to give here. You are working three in the morning and, you know, you don't even notice it. Mm. And so now I'm so protective of these things. And um, it's really changed my life. And, in fact, I feel clearer in my thinking. I feel that you can be a better leader by not doing all the busyness and just knowing you can't get to it all. Thank you. Mm. We'll take that into yep. our workspace. <laughs> some, some, some good advice. Looking, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Um, anything else you wanted to uh, share, Maruata? No, I think, yeah, I think the conversations have been awesome. Yeah. Um, just hearing from wisdom, um, but also, um, you know, talking about the opportunities and 
this is only the beginning. I know. And there's so much more. And I'm looking forward to what's to come and the upskilling. And I think just being aware and having an ear on the ground to know what is coming and being prepared for that rather than being reactive, being proactive around the different pathways that we're, we're putting out there or even looking internationally as to what's happening over there. We know it's coming, so being prepared. So, yeah, I think just having that wisdom when operating in this space. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, now, on the uh, Tupitoa website, mm-hmm. What should people be going to have a to have a look at there after after this episode? Yeah, absolutely. If you go to our Tupator website, so www.tupator.org.nz, and if you check out our programs, um, Tech Pathways, and we have um, a couple of different options there, but I would love for you to connect in, um, or if you're wanting to partner with us, um, go to our partners page as well. So. Check us out. If you've got any questions, feel free to email me. My email is on the website. Happy to connect and have a have a coffee or a you know a conversation. Or if you're overseas, happy to connect via any platform. We can make it work. We can connect. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Vanessa, any any, uh, any last uh, things you'd like to you'd like to share? I just want Aotearoa to stand up and be bolder, really and truly sing from the rooftops how incredible we are. The number eight wire. Diversity for me is about bringing more Māori and Pacifica into our businesses, change the way we write our ads, change the way we interview. I learned so much actually about going to, you know, the marae and, mm. and meeting with the elders and, and, you know, but I got taught the person needs to look you in the eye when they're confident and actually Māori look down as a sign of respect and, mm. you know, do the competency training with Tupatoa. It really helped me understand more and... Just be bolder. Like, think bigger than ever before. Next year, these data centres are launching and then more are, more are getting built. So if ever, you know, we're just so many, you listen to the news and it's... And I'm like, <laughs> no, I feel so bullish about what this country is going to achieve. And why do we always look at Ireland and Israel as the tech nations of the world? It's going to be Aotearoa. And this, mm. is, this is our time. This is our time. Create better jobs, better pay kick butt out there that's mm. honestly what us what i want us to do well we certainly have the have the opportunity don't we we so sure do we've got to go and get it done we sure do yeah, yeah. that's great oh, well thank you both for uh being on the show also thank you to our show partners uh gorilla technology hp spark two degrees and one nz and uh, thanks everyone for joining us and we'll be back again uh with the new zealand tech podcast again next week all right see ya kia ora Akite. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.